Good afternoon and hope you're having an awesome Erev Shabbos. Okay, I hope you enjoyed this past week's focus. And if you just started listening this week, I'd actually love to hear a little feedback on what you thought. You know, we grow and improve from feedback, so it's always appreciated. Revlipner at gmail.com. It's that easy. So now, it's time for our weekly tradition of sharing one of the hundreds of relevant messages from this week's Torah portion that apply to our everyday lives. This week's Parsha actually being a double header, Nitzavim and Vayelach. There are so many things to speak about. These are two short but awesome Parshiot, but as always, we'll only share one idea this year. Now the setting is as follows. Moshe is in the middle of his final speech on his last day before he passes away at the age of 120 to the day. It is definitely an emotional time. The people are listening intently to their beloved leader who has been there from the beginning while they were still even slaves in Egypt and now they are on the precipice of entering Israel. And he is on fire giving over the best of his advice for the future. In chapter 30, verse 1, he is, and quite timely for our time period, discussing the concept of teshuva, what is often wrongly translated as repentance, but what really means returning, to be discussed in the weeks ahead. He speaks of a time when the Jewish people will perform and experience this concept of teshuva, and the motivation for it will be very interesting. He says, and it will be when all these blessings and curses come your way, that your heart will return due teshuva to Hashem. The commentaries point out, as you might have guessed, that there is an obvious problem with this phrase. Namely, which is it? Will we return because of blessings or because of curses? So the answer that most powerfully resonates with me is that it's simply up to us. We have to remember there are always two ways to draw closer in a relationship, any relationship, all relationships, even that with God. And we can even see this clearly if we look at one relationship that we're in. Let's take a child and a parent, for example. A child, let's say a young girl, could appreciate everything a parent does, try to emulate her parents, listen closely to what they have to say, their values that they give over, and thereby draw close to them and develop the loving and close bond that is so special and in fact integral to life. All she has to do is open her eyes and appreciate everything that she has around her, all her blessings, which chances are a lot. Room, board, schooling, vacations, you name it. And then the relationship is a given. On the flip side, a child might not appreciate any of it and go off in a totally different direction, possibly down a path that's really destructive for themselves as well as for the relationship. This would undoubtedly be a painful experience for the parents to witness. In such a situation, a parent might start to practice what's called tough love because they care too much about the child and their future and love her more than anyone. Ironically, because they love her so much, they can't just let her do her thing despite the child being happy doing their own thing. Her parents know that it will be self-destructive, whether in the short term or in the long run. They know it will not be good for her in the end. So her loving parents do something very difficult, something that pains them. As the saying goes, this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. And if your parents, you know that to be 100% true, they start to display what's called tough love. Why? Not to punish. God forbid. That is pure evil. They do it because they want their child to return, to return to a path that's in their best interest, that connects the two of them to the normal, natural, healthy relationship that's meant to be and is so nurturing and enriching. Now, it's not an easy path. It's not a fun path or an ideal path, but sometimes it's the only option. It is the only thing that could get their child's attention and show her how serious the situation is. My friends, perhaps this is what Moshe is telling the Jewish people, telling us. There will come a time when a person can draw closer to God, to Yiddishkeit, to their Judaism. It could be because they're experiencing a time of tremendous blessing and bracha, as we spoke about yesterday. That's enough for us to simply stop and appreciate the why me and take steps closer to teshuva, to returning to our roots a little more. 
Or it could, God forbid, be like the story of the child who doesn't appreciate the warmth and blessings of their loving home. It could come from having to experience klala, tough love. This is one of the reasons we call God our Father in Heaven and ourselves the children of God, to specifically draw on this parent-child analogy which we so fundamentally understand. But to close it up, there's a really important point to emphasize once we realize this. You see, a parent never feels good giving this tough love. They don't want to be doing this. But they love their child so much that they have to get over what feels good and do what they know is good. So let me ask you, can the same be true of God? Instead of having an image of God who is ruthless or even laughing at misfortune, could he, as the prophets describe, be figuratively crying? And if so, also look at the structure of the sentence then. Teshuva comes from bracha uklala. And as I said, which one brings us back is up to us. But which one would God or any parent want to have work? Just look at which one comes first in the verse. Habracha. As we know, a parent always loves a child more than the child could even know. And a parent who aims to raise a child by punishing is simply a bad parent. A healthy parent aims to raise a child by loving, giving, and empowering, although of course inherent in that there are rules for the child's well-being. That's what's the goal of any parent. We want only bracha for our children, but sometimes have to go ahead and give klala to bring them back again if the bracha is not working. The same is true of God. How would we much prefer if he would bring us back through bracha? Of course. But if he knows or sees that it's just not working, that there are people who just don't get the message, he's forced, so to speak, to bring us back through klala. And so as we enter the weeks leading up to Rosh Hashanah, we have to remember that this is the perspective of Judaism's view of God, to bring us closer to who we are and feel his presence by seeing the bracha. And so on that note, I got to go get ready for Shabbos and not only appreciate the bracha that I have, but give my children their brachas to remind them of the blessings that they are to me and that I'm trying to bestow to them. On that note, wishing you an awesome Shabbos. And I look forward, as always, to seeing you tomorrow.